X-Men, and this is episode 303 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, and I've lost my voice, it seems. What's going on? What have I finally hit puberty? It's taken a while. Tip me, or am I hitting it back? Who knows? But hey, welcome, everybody. I think it's just because I've been yelling and talking too much, as I usually do, but this is, as we said, an X-Men episode where... I'm going to be joined by Ruben, and we're going to be going through Sword number five and Hellions number 11 as we get back to the X books and things like that, heading towards the whole Hellfire Gala, which I don't really know much about. I, I've kind of been kind of just sitting back. I'll get involved when it gets here. We'll get caught up, all that sort of thing. And you'll even hear as we go into it, talk a little bit. With Ruben about my continuing struggles I keep bringing this up The struggles that I am having With the X-Men books Not being a lifelong X-Fan Not an, a guy who had read a ton of X-Men Going in and getting excited That there was going to be this new status quo change With Jonathan Hickman Thinking that I could jump on And kind of doing that And and actually feeling at one point That I was like up to speed And, and knew what I was seeing And then all of a sudden Recently, and it more of was at the end of the Ten of Swords deal, I end up feeling like it's I'm losing my grip again, and I just don't understand it. But and you'll hear me, you know, and whine and moan about that in, in a little bit. But before we go into that, let me tell you where you can find us. Go over to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you back 100%. And then we could all talk about the Xbox and everything else, Marvel, and whatever you want. That'd be pretty cool. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we have reviews and previews and news and stuff like that. And then you can go to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a bunch of Marvel stuff, a bunch of DC stuff, a bunch of indie stuff, and even cartoons, movies, all of these things all wrapped up into one in what we call the Patreon account. As I said, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but yeah, we end up doing a bunch of things. And one of the big things we do each week is have a spotlight and a Marvel Comics spotlight where we talk about two books picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh Croup, a beep, a boop on a poll that goes up on Sunday. They get to pick the two books that we feature on a podcast on the Patreon only. And it looks like this week so far, it looks like it's going to be Shang-Chi number one, Jean Luan Yang coming back to Shang-Chi. And the Fantastic Four Life Story by Mark Russell. Those two are way in the lead. So I think that those will be what we'll talk about. So if you wanted to hear us talking about those, and I think it'll be me and Clay talking both of those together. Uh, yeah, go and check out our Patreon. But with that, let's go off to me whining and complaining, fussing and fighting. And then we'll eventually get to the two books. All right. And here we go. And I am here with my man, Ruben. How are you hey. doing, Ruben? Good. Hey there. Here I love we these go. books. <laughs> here we go. Yes, these are two of your favorites. Um, we're going to be talking about Sword, number five, and then Hellions, number 11. And you are the resident Sword fan between me and you. That's just <laughs> the deal. Because- I think I might be the resident Sword fan at all. 
until but, I look at the reviews because I, yeah. I sat there and I read this, looked over at the reviews, and this is, again, one of those books. And I'm new to the X-Men stuff, so a lot of this uh, is leaving me behind, and that's what I am very worried about going through this. Also, I talked to you very miserably before we started about the idea what can I bring to the stuff? Because I don't exactly know what's going on most of the time now, especially with a book like Sword. But I look at the reviews, people seem to love it. And the critics and the user reviews, which you hardly ever have them hand in hand. Um, but they seem to love it. But when I read the reviews, still, it's, it, it's just the same generic talk that they give. Like, you know, oh, it's so cosmic. And it, it means big things. But I, I need somebody, and that's why I'm going to rely on you, to convince me that that isn't just rhetoric um, because you did get thrown in really quickly at the beginning of sword where remember and my head was spinning. You just had characters and they're doing their thing. And we thought that it would slow down a little, and, but then King and black came and, and that kind of threw it. Maybe that's the problem with this book with me. I don't know, but this is sword number five and it's written by Al Ewing art by Valerio Skiddy colors by Marte Gracia letters by VCs Ariana. Mayor Murder Dresses in Gold. Fabian Cortez distinguished himself during Knoll's assault on Krakoa, giving his life in service of mutant kind. And recognition Magneto has allowed him to address the Quiet Council following his resurrection. That's what he's allowing him to do. And, and we're going to see that it really seems to just be so he could just rip him down. But on the matter of Krakoa's second law, murder, no man. Meanwhile, the Snark wore the worst succession for the throne of the Snark's empire is expanding across the galaxy. More and more innocent worlds are being sucked into the conflict as the heirs of the throne spread death in their wake, and in turn, death stalks them. And, yeah, the Snark Wars stuff really had me worried. And, again, the cosmic stuff, just in general, is never my thing either. So, you know, this book is fighting an uphill battle for my love. But the Snark War, I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to go? At least in this issue, you kind of resolve that. You see that, and in in a way that I think is supposed to be badass, that, oh, my God, this galactic war, it's going to be, you know, this event coming down, it's going to do this. No, they kind of just know what to do. Bran has set things in, you know, in motion to not only end the snark war, the succession, but get a successor that is on with their plan. That's somebody that they can maybe even manipulate or at least rely on to be down with what they're going to do, which would be, again, in the end game. That would be pretty cool. That would be something you would love to see all the pieces later. Like, ooh, yeah. she did this, this, this. She got the snark work done. I have a this. feeling I have a feeling that this is heading to Brand being in direct conflict with Krakoa. And I'm there for it. And I, I don't know why I've always enjoyed her as a bit of an adversary. But you could think of things like how this is resolved. So, spoiler like she has somebody assassinating the uh, the snarks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What they somebody li- from Morocco. Yeah, it's Cora of the Burning Heart, a new character that we'll get. Uh, that's so cool she's yeah. So she's Morocco, having a, so. yeah exactly. So she's having some assassinations. That's but that's I guess technically within the law, right? Kill no human is not. And that's kill the funny no alien. thing when they were doing it. I actually thought to myself, like, are they saying like because they do say kill no man? Like I- I'm waiting yeah. for them to twist it and turn it and like. Well, that's a woman. We can't, like something yeah. so crazy because it's not don't kill sentient life. It's not don't kill any. Yeah, it, it's man. I don't think it, Brand thinks that she's. I don't think Brand thinks that she's subject to those laws. I mean, she's never really cared about you know Earth. <laughs> Why would she care about Araco? But I think the mutants think that she. I still. I think the mutants still think like the sword outfit is beholden to Krakoa, right? We funded it. We're supporting it with mutants. 
like they're a military force for us. I don't think she thinks that one bit. And, and I, I think I that's interesting. Think Magneto, I think Magneto knows, you know, she's up to something too. Like, I don't think he would trust her either. Well, he shouldn't. <laughs> but it is funny because that's the thing too. I mean, the whole deal of don't kill, you know, mankind, don't kill humans, don't kill, uh, you know, that deal. The it is aren't very getting specific. Yeah. And it's very specific to the idea like, hey, the humans were real bad to us. Man was bad to us. So we can't do this or go, uh, who cares about the snarks? I mean, this sets up that, you know, Abigail goes off. She can do whatever she wants in space. And that's pretty cool. Um, you almost get a roundabout deal that that's like brought up here in a reverse way because Fabian wants to say, Hey, you know, that killed no man, whatever. Uh, there's times where we might need to do that. And why are we giving them the benefit? But, and, and he does it in a good way of like, I'm not saying we go and murder everybody. It's just, why do we have to, like, weapon if it's an accident? Weapon if it's justified? Like, th- this whole just clear-cut deal is nonsense. Uh, but in the in the way, it does bring up, you know, the snarks and other alien species and things like that. That And we even had with the uh, children of the vault and things like that coming. So there was already that question kind of put up of what is man what is he you know what i mean with, with that it seems sort of deal. i think at least the xavier perspective is it's like a respect for life right life that cannot be resurrected is precious which should be like you said everything in the galaxy and and they're not really good and i think that maybe this was brought up too for future deals so when bran goes off and swords killing some other you know Cree or whatever they would end up getting like Okay, well, that's not part of the law. So this this whole issue to me is almost like we're just in a law deal. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about the law, but you end up where you're like <laughs> you're putting this out there so that you can have the basis. You you can then I, I could just end up seeing this court, you know, going on. And well, we have precedent here when the snarks were killed, and you allowed it. You said that they weren't men. Like that's what it really feels like. You're I think what's going to happen is she's going to take out a human. They're going to be like, WTF. And she's going to be like, what do you think I'm about? Like, I've been doing this. <laughs> She'll be like, I, I've been killing everybody. And, and, you know, why are you doing this? But there's also, the, like, even with that, there are some cool ideas of semantics. Like I said earlier, like, what is and isn't and what's going to go on. And you could even think that Magneto, who seems still fully on the up and up, right? I mean, he ends up with this whole thing. Um, that he's even thinking like that they're there and this is like they're the quiet council. This is the law. This is what they're setting down. And some of these could be little machinations of trying to have Charles say something that they can maybe exploit later because it does feel like a weird deal. This feels like, you know, a court case where they're deciding what would be the basis of that law and why should we do it and when isn't it and whatnot but it also expands it a little like we said with the whole aliens and stuff like that uh so that is interesting like i said i, I thought that once we get started i would enjoy it a little more uh and i am and and the big thing about this though is it's so funny because when you had the king in black when fabian stepped up he did he sacrificed himself for them. He, he was a hero i mean he was and when he ends up there, you end up having Magneto in a way that you knew something else was up. He he didn't say, hey, that's a hero right there. Get Fabian's body. Get him right into the resurrection protocol. I, I think he even said, like, he, he he's coming to a reckoning. Or he said some phrase. Yeah, that's it's a little weird. but Weird, like odd, right? Yeah. So 
they end up and and just the idea that and again i don't have much background with fabian cortez but i can see crap talk when i see it and i also see when they really are treating somebody really bad yeah i had to look it up but basically the gist is he was an acolyte of magneto's uh, and he basically usurped him at some point in the past around the 90s where uh he was part of this upstarts team which was um so shinobi shaw the him and a few others like basically a secret group of like the next generation that was like out to sort of take over the various villains groups but he was pretending to essentially be like this very devout magneto follower which he kind of was starting out in this as well if you remember but that's the thing everybody you know gets to go to krakoa all the mutants and a lot of forgiveness yeah supposedly that they've forgiven everything right yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, so, that has not been forgiven, right? Like, this is Magneto, essentially. Magneto wants to just knock him down. Yeah, knock him down. Yep. Even the idea that they get him resurrected, Gene grabs him and goes, you, uh, you're going right here to the council. They don't even let him get dressed. I mean, that's pretty harsh. I, he still has that goo, like the yoke all over him as he's there. He's, like, peeling it off as they're talking. Yeah, and he's and, like, okay, I'm ready for my, everyone chanting my name, like, naked parade thing that they always do. <laughs> they're like, no, nah, that was the other person. <laughs> yeah, if you ended up having, uh, you know, a, a law, like, you know, in court, you made somebody go nude. I mean, right there, you're just trying to embarrass. He's not embarrassed. He doesn't care. But they brought peepers in. And basically, <laughs> as this is going on, you are pretty much taking care of the snark war on the side. But yeah. uh, they go in, and it's funny, too, because halfway through, maybe not even that long, like Emma... Well, like they're like, what? Why are we here? <laughs> this is just <laughs> yeah. your stuff, Magneto. I mean, really, if you want your personal deal here, and yeah. just do it yourself next time. Don't get us involved. But they do allow him to say, you know, hey, we should be able to kill some humans. There's accidents, like you said before, accidents. There's justification of it sometimes, whatnot. And they treated me bad. It, it, it comes down to Magneto pushing because Charles seems to be interested in at least listening. But it seems like Magneto's just pushing it towards a, a thing where he could sit there and say, you're just a baby. Like, listen to you. Because it goes down to the point where, well, they treated me bad. You know, almost like he's whining about it. While everybody, including we didn't, my, Abigail's there. They, they have Bran there as well because this is all going to turn around at the end for Fabian to pretty much be in the unemployment line uh, because he ends up saying and boastful about stuff about the idea that sword needs me you know i i you can say all you want you can make fun of me you can say that i'm ridiculous but i'm needed by sword and i he says i'm the future of Areco. i'm the one or Areco, uh, krakoa i'm the one who is going to give you all the benefits you know i'm going to be this big thing he gets replaced by the end but the big thing is is when he says you know they treated me bad and magnum is just sitting there listening he says okay well y- you know you want to do things your way. You, you want to change this rule, this, this big rule, one of the biggest things that we have. Uh, and uh, you want to change this because you're treated bad. But I don't change it. And were you treated worse than me? And, and there you go. He can't say anything. He can't say anything. He says, yeah. tell me, uh, you know, look me in the eye and tell me that your problems are greater than mine. And he can't. The, the best of it is the art. He doesn't even look him in the eye. He can't. He starts stammering, and that's where he tries to pull it back. Like, listen, you, you stop it. I'm. You need me. Yeah. Storm says even there. Like, can we go? 
this is so ridiculous. <laughs> I like that she was like, can we get re- ready for this gala thing that everybody's yeah. been telling about? Because this is nonsense. I want to get out of here. And he freaks out. And he's like, I'm vital to the space program. I'm vital to Krakoa. I'm the one. And, and when you see that, you do go through. And Sinister's laughing it up. He says he loves it. Like, all right. Yeah, Sinister thinks it's hilarious. Even if you look at that one just pa- likes conflict. That one so panel, even Xavier kind of thinks it's funny. If you look at him, there's, he's like, why is Peepers there? Just to have the guy with the big eyes staring. I think that at Peepers you. <laughs> is there also just to, at the end, I really or think. Or be like, I value this guy's opinion. Even when Magneto says, oh, he's one of my oldest friends. Here we go, Peepers. And Peepers are just there like, they're like, ah, you know, you're kind of, you know, jerk. But but the the worst is, is at the end, when everybody's just like, this is all a waste of time. Uh, (laughs) Let's get out of here. And then Fabian gets replaced. Even with that, Peepers is there to go with that idea. What's your mutant name? What is your mutant name? Well, I don't, I'm Cortez. Almost if the idea is like, you've never even left humanity you you didn't even ever even give yourself a name to go back against them you have your family name still and he says you know almost i'm taking it back to the streets oh, you know <laughs> they don't deserve it and he's like yeah you know we all have our thing that we do of what we are and how we go through the mutant world almost like you're kind of in between here and you're nonsense and it, it, that's good and it is funny i i did read a review that said basically if you are not a fan of fabian you have to read this because you chuckle the whole time because he's such a jerk and he just gets but the, the worst though is at the end when fabian is there and he's just like almost like he's crying <laughs> and freaking you end up having uh what's he called i forget who it was was it abigail or who says to charles then like hey uh you got something to do more important? Nope. Nothing here important. And he leaves him like, ooh, Charles. You just, you just dissed him bad. Uh, yeah, actually, Magneto and, and Abigail go off and you have Gene. Like, all these things going on is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And it's Amelia that he actually, that Charles is like, man, I haven't seen you in a while. Everybody, like, this is supposed to be to, to Fabian. Yeah. Like, this is like me and you going to address the UN. We, yeah. This is our and big And nobody thing. gives you any time. And they, they laugh. And yeah. as they're walking away, after they just completely demol- like dissed us, are more worried about what they're having for lunch than to even say goodbye to us. <laughs> like, me and you are still sorting through our papers. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you want to get lunch? Yeah, I was thinking of that for the last hour. So, like, everybody has forgotten him immediately. Yeah. And yeah, he goes off because he's like, what? Because he ended up getting replaced by, uh, you know, somebody from Morocco where we get it. You know, hey, it's me, Cora of the Burning Heart. There you go. It looks pretty cool, right? You got some Morocco Even Sebastian, stuff look at this picture now. Sebastian's even got a, he's like, yeah, I was paralyzed and <laughs> some shit's happened to me, but <laughs> I hate you, buddy. <laughs> In this, I, I do have to say, and uh, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Valerio Skitty uh, because he badmouthed me once, but still, I like the art in this. But if people just jump into this, I swear to God, they might be like, well, why is Wolverine dressed as Patch? And why is he on the Quiet Council? Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, no, no, that, that's Sebastian. Yeah. He looks just like Patch. Yeah, so much like it, but it's funny. Like you said, he's crippled. He's missing an eye. He's having a grand the whole time. They basically, I can just imagine where Magneto went and said, hey, everybody, get this. I, I, I'm resurrecting Fabian real quick, and I, I'm going to diss you. Know, we're going to dupe him into coming here thinking that he has a say in things, and we'll all laugh at him. It's going to be great. 
And yeah, it's just so crazy. And by the end, yeah, if you're trying to, you know, kind of dress him down, first off, he's nude anyway, but if you are, you did a good job. If, if you're trying to make it so he doesn't get mad and maybe try to do something, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they, they you know, Magneto's like, well, I'm going to make him look like a fool because of everything he did before, even though I'm supposed to forgive everything. But maybe he is doing this to get him at his lowest, maybe to watch him and see what he what he always had planned or if he's doing that or whatnot. Because, boy, they, they really treat him like crap. And I would think that he'd have something to say about that later. But yep. yeah, he's off a sword, and then you end I up going off. I think he's going to get Michaela Cole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and with that, you have the continuation of what you said that you were interested in as well, where Magneto is real interested in sword and real interested in checking out everything and getting things going. So uh, he goes up. You know, he even says to Abigail, hey, "I'm going to go and check things out, and whatnot." And then they go up, and they end up. We have something better. Uh, so you have some big things coming up. Uh, maybe what I I don't know. I know that you like the Magneto stuff and whatnot, but, you know, this is it's a space book, right? You got the spaceships and the sword, but yet everything's in neutral to me, right? I, I needed to pick up. I needed to start doing something besides like the Quiet Council and Fabian. I had a, I had a kick doing that, but that's not the stuff. And, and I want something that's also going to give me an inkling of what sword's about and kind of, you know, go into things and get some characters, which we actually did at points during the King in Black, which was kind of a funny deal where we did learn about some of the characters forge. I guess it was at the one point and stuff like that, where that was, you know, the character work that I'm looking for. Uh, and I want a little more. And yeah, you do get a little bit in Fabian on this opposite side. Uh, but really, this was just a let's rip down. Fabian and end the snark war before we even know it really even had started. So overall, what did you give it? I had it more fun talking about it, so I'm going to jump up to an eight. I was probably at a seven point five. I think I'm at a seven. And mostly, mostly the art it sells it a lot. I mean, I'm sorry about the artist being an ass, but jerk <laughs> <laughs> doing. But uh, I don't but have no, that experience. I, said, I just wanted to mention that just to give the wink, wink. But no, the art's really good. It really is. And, it sells. Uh, it sells the moments. I think is yeah. Oh, I love the part where you allow uh, Valerio to actually do the deal where Fabian won't look him in the eye. I mean, it's very specific to the next two panels. He's looking down. He's looking over. He won't look him in the eye because that is uh, like the nerve that you think. And and even as he's explaining the the troubles and the trials that he went through was he had to live in Florida and they didn't have a big estate. That That's basically what he said. I <laughs> yep. wasn't as rich as I should have been. And they made me live in Florida, which sounds awful. I mean, I know yeah. that. He's got, he's got some legitimate complaints. Yeah, not like Magneto, though. <laughs> I mean, Magneto, like he's like, listen, you know, you want yeah. me to tell you what my family and, and I went through? Yeah. You lived in a small mansion, really? And again, even think of the other people on the council. Think of Storm. You know, the, the crap that she's gone through. Think of all of that. And he's there whining about we should be able to kill humans because they treated me bad. And and I think that the whole thing was where you were going through it. You did have Magneto just waiting because you know that Fabian's going to eventually get very selfish and self-centered. And it's all going to pull back to him where then they can say, you're nonsense. Get out of there. I mean, it, it's one of those like, again, going it in like a... a you know, if this was court and they were lawyers, like you end up having Magneto almost realizing that this guy is going to end up destroying himself. 
You know, you, you would never have Fabian take the stand in his own defense because he's always going to be able to be duped into just getting mad and going very selfish. And Krakoa isn't about that. It's not about being selfish anymore. It's not about being somebody who wants to get revenge because they think they've been slighted by somebody or whatever. They're supposed to be there. You're, you're all together. It's, you know, it's socialism, isn't it? Isn't that a nice word nowadays? People love to hear. But no, it, it's basically, you know, all for one. And he is not that type of guy. And I think that Magneto knew that. And they uh, set up an interesting conflict here. If they continue this thread, obviously he's been really humiliated, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's in this last panel where they're walking out of the council. He's got his head down. But he still looks kind of, he looks tough, right? He's, he's like upset, but he's still a proud guy. And good looking guy, right? Now he's pretty good pissed, looking. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, some- also, the other thing we didn't even mention, but it's just an aside. <laughs> when he came back right away, he thought he was going off to the party. <laughs> it's so funny. The diss Jean gives then because she says Sunfire had the best party when he yes. came back. Just to dig in that. No, you're going naked with goo on you right now to the quiet council so you can, you know, try to plead your case and then they'll just end up leaving you. Uh, I, I'll give him credit, though. Like I said, with him being nude, yeah. he, he just took it. Uh, you know he's what proud. I mean? He he's a proud guy. Up, yeah. I love that scene where, like, he, when Peepers first sees him, he's got his hand on his crotch. And then when he starts pontificating, he's, like, putting his hair back in a ponytail. And, like, the, the sun is shining behind him. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best way to show that he ended up getting his junk out in the open was yeah. to have both hands tying up his hair. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was pretty good. So <laughs> with that, again, before we started, I was miserable. And I said, you know, even when we started. And you end up saying, well, you always get miserable, but then you end up giving it a good enough score. I'm, I could go to 7-5. Again, my biggest problem is not knowing the characters and not like I like the moments. Well, I'll say here's moments... a chance for us to learn a character together, right? Like nobody knows about this Araco character, and so if that's a key character, maybe we focus on her because I'm really interested in learning about her and her like what's going on on that island. Yeah, because and... you would think they have to learn about her as well, yeah, right? They're and they're new. really trusting her to be on a, a pretty important team. Yeah, right? so that's pretty cool. And and I know that you, I, I can even guess that what you're hoping is that. It's really that she's there for the good of Araco, which then leads to the deal, because we are both thinking eventually there's going to be some sort of conflict. You know, there's going to be some sort of deal of what's good for Krakoa, but what's good for Araco? Why aren't we involved in the council? All that stuff going on. And you've been waiting for that. So that would be cool. And I think that the other thing, like, this is why, you know, maybe I didn't love the Tennisaurs, and I didn't, but at least you ended up having. A specific enemy, kind of At least just yes, like the Hellfire Gal We'll see how that is, but one of the biggest Things of this line of books that's Been going on now for years Is the idea that I don't get the Concept of the enemy Because of everybody being On Krakow, we forgive everything And whatnot, and yeah, you have The, the vault, like that's cool, but then They kind of go away from, that's, I think that's My problem, they go away from things too much Whatever, I mean we still Even have horticulture out there doing their thing they, They've been in more other books they, They're part of that big man thing Deal right now And I'm like you know I, I want more Of a big threat To get me really Yeah, I want board, a big but... threat and I don't want it to be Humans with Sentinels which is The bottom line of every single X-Men Storyline I've ever read is like it always Devolves into 
another human versus and maybe that's why you know we should show. look at the sword because that could that broadens it you know yeah. what i mean and, and maybe they'll be the big villain maybe abigail and she'll get some things going and the very last page i'll say right before we switch to hellions the pyramids that i want to know about now they've got a ton of them <laughs> so they're uh, they're in the room they mass produced them like what the hell do these pyramids I do i actually but... wish that it was a little more clear that last deal i'm sitting there like what's that oh yeah. oh my goodness uh but yeah so i'm, I'm gonna go seven five cool. I'll, I'll go seven five i'm gonna be uh in a better mood for you, Robin. Thank you. You, you yeah. had a down week, and you told me that I felt so bad. You said you had a down week, and you wanted to record this. And as you we had to cheer myself up, and then you're like, "Oh, this is all garbage." And I was like, God "As you it. see on the on the whole feed, <laughs> we haven't done each week, and that, that's how I think it's going to continue. As we'll we'll gather up because we're not reading all of the books right now. Yeah. And so when we get enough, we'll come back. We were going to do Marauders today, but we'll we'll put that for next week. And then once you get to the Hellfire Gala, which is coming up very quickly, we'll do that each week. If you can join me, if not, I'll I'll have to, you know, go through them myself. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to do most of them together at least. Uh, But yeah, with that, (laughs) you said, can we do it? Because I need something to pick me up. We'll have some, I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I was all excited. I start reading these. I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, I don't want to upset Ruben, but then I don't want to end up. I <laughs> didn't want to blindside you, fine. so yeah. I sent you a message, and I'm like, "These are terrible. <laughs> I don't like anything. I'm struggling. Actually, I just said I was bored doing yeah. that. I'm actually, yeah. again, I usually like them better. What we're talking about them. We'll see if this is the case with the next one because it has been probably our this favorite, favorite one yep. combined. Yep. You know, even you're bigger, you're higher than me, but I have not really not liked it either. So. You know, this isn't like all of a sudden we're doing Excalibur or something, right? We're in a new mutants. Here we that's go with the aliens <laughs> number 11. Uh, and that's the funny thing is somebody messaged me and like, oh, man, uh, with X Factor done, at least that's a book you're not going to have to talk about. I'm like, yeah, that's what I said after the first issue uh, with that book being canceled. But, yeah, we have uh, Hellions, and it is Hellions number 11, written by Zeb Wells, art by Steven Segovia. Colors by David Coriel, letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. And again, I like the art in this. Uh, I, I do like the art in both of these books tonight. Uh, and most of the X books have, have pretty good art, right? My, my only deal is a personal deal. I'm not a big Rod Rice fan. Uh, and some people really like him, but then he's not my favorite. But other than that, I like the artist on the X books, but it's Arcade's Murder World and we're all just dying in it. I wish it was like it's Arcade's Murder World and all I got was this lousy t shirt. Pulling strings like the sadistic game mastery as Arcade has successfully manipulated Mastermind into trapping the Hellions in their own personal nightmares, making the Fraction team dance for his amusement as they struggle for survival. One false move and it's game over. And we're doing this a couple weeks late. I think this came out the fifth, somewhere around there. So, you know, we're doing it a couple weeks. But it still almost seemed to me like we hadn't talked about this in a year. (laughs) <laughs> it, it felt like I, I really was thrown off yeah. in the beginning. I couldn't remember what was happening. And I think that that is a telling deal when we get to this ending of this like two issue arc type deal is it didn't really hit with me. And I liked seeing Arcade as more of a threat, you know, especially he with felt the, like an then, elevated threat in the last issue. And, and then you it know just what's funny? Ends. He was because it was a dupe. To now dupe him here And that was my problem Like the idea like Oh my god And I thought that was really Like Zeb Wells is taking Arcade Who most of the times comes And people kind of giggle Hey you remember when he had the You know Spider-Man running around The X-Men and his little pinball machines And stuff like that 
uh, because at one point I actually ended up reading a couple of the first appearances of Arcade, and they're goofy fun, but he seemed like really threatening. Now we see that it was all a ruse. They, they were tricking him because basically what he wants is the whole you know, farm, the the, the clone farm of, of Sinister. Sinister's going to come in. He's going to make all the clones because Arcade wants to up the ante in Murder World. He wants to have clones there of all the famous things and everybody going on. In the meantime, it's just a dupe to have Sinister have the clone farm again. Yeah, an off-the-grid so, clone and, farm. Yeah, off-the-grid because they even mind-wipe some of the Hellions team. And it, there's some fun to be had. But it just takes a little too long to get to it. And then at the end, you're like, oh, well, Sinister has his clone farm again, which I guess Sinister, that's what he does. And that's cool enough. It's just that at the end, I thought that this book, while it's funny, I also thought that it was a book that was like almost like sneaky, clever. You know what I mean? Like you you think you'd see and that he kind of does this here with the idea. Oh, my God. Arcade. He's so badass and this whatever. Oh, my God. He wasn't so bad. But it's it's not as clever, and it's kind of just right in your face, and it, it just kind of thudded to me. A yeah, bit. So a few too many, like, suspend the disbelief that this happened, that this was all planned. Like, I guess that was my issue with it, is he went through a lot of suffering, and there were a lot of variables, right? Like, it didn't really seem like this outcome was guaranteed to happen. And you wouldn't go through all this effort unless there was, like, a safety net, right? And I guess he... I guess you're supposed to play off that. It, basically, it ends up as a reverse at the end reveal heist type deal. This is yeah. like one of those where it's Ocean's Eleven. You know, you son of a bitch, I'm in. But nobody was in because Sinister was just doing it, even though Mastermind, he seemed to be involved as well. And then at the end, you're you're throwing out the stakes. Like you said, if this didn't work, Mastermind's daughter would be dead. But he says, well... I kind of thought that I'd have a way to say, you know what I mean? Like everybody, like there's the suspension at points was the idea, like the Hellions could have died. I mean, this wasn't like all of a sudden you find out that they were completely being duped and whatnot. I mean, at points they're running for their lives. All these things are happening and you're getting some character moments in this only at the end to have their mind wiped anyway. And they think that all this went down, but you end up with Psylocke and Sinister still kind of, you know, staring at each other mean and figuring things out with each other. Uh, but yeah, oh, you can talk about it because I, I'm i going through it and it's just a lot of just things happening just to then at the end, like we say, have Sinister say, oh, it was on my plan all along. He's kind of funny, though, with his broken teeth and his tooth, you know. His root canals that he had to have and things like that. But even that, it, it goes on a little too long. It's not going to sustain. And this has been a real funny book. But overall, with this, we're getting more of just, you know, Sinister, he's always up to something. And and really, I guess, could we get excited? Because there's no other book, really, that's showing one of the main characters as being as bad as they were before. Like, he's the one who has been, like, he, I guess Sebastian at one point. But now he's in his wheelchair looking like Patch. So Sinister, he hasn't changed his MO at all. Yeah, he's a villain through and through. And if back in X of Swords, in one of the splash pages, they, they talked about how he was the one that was the downfall of the mutants in one of the Moira timelines. Yep, and we see why. Because yeah. he won't change his ways. And things get out of control. And his whole, like, his clones, his, his clone farm, 
he loves those things, but it, it never seems to work out right. <laughs> it's like he always wants to perfect it that last time. But I guess that's a clever deal to have the clone farm deal in, you know, murder world type deal, arcade stuff, wipe the minds of the Hellions thinking that they destroyed it, that they ended up like. And so they think, again, the, their first mission was to destroy that other clone farm like that was the first deal now they come back thinking oh you know this was all an arcade had us on the ropes and we had to do this and everybody like that whole deal but it it did feel like too many steps to get what you had i don't know that sinister couldn't have just went to arcade and said hey let's work out a deal something yeah like that, i guess you know? that's that's the issue you could have said set this up i'll figure it out for you make an extra copy for me and it'll be mine I'm pretty sure he would have been okay with I that. I think he might have been and okay I with it. Like, I don't think that Sinister cares about making clones for other people, right? Like, he's not, like, exclusive. To, you know, I only make clones for myself. So I, maybe that's the nail on the, you know, hitting the nail on the head because it was a weird plan and plot. But then in the meantime, we get Havoc dressed up in his, you know, S&M gear. Yeah. He's there looking like a gimp. You got that. Yeah. You got that, you know, Great Crow and things. Got, but also... I said to you, we, we have some things going on with, you know, Nan and uh, like a bunch of the characters, even, you know, Wild Child, all these things. And we're, we're kind of pushing them aside. You know what I mean? Even yeah. Orphan Maker, like there, there's big things that we want to see what's going on and how these are coming back and all that uh, from them coming back weird and all that. And you kind of just push that aside to do this big machinations thing uh, with Mr. Sinister. And Mastermind involved with him as well to fool our kid. And, and by the end, I just I didn't think that this whole thing really gave people the fun and, and the overall teamwork. And, yep. the, and I'm saying teamwork as character work and stuff that we have gotten with this. What book. leverage does Sinister have on Psylocke? It's something about a daughter. It's her, it's her daughter. And that, that stuff going back to Fallen Angels again, the idea that she found out she had a daughter and now you end up and that. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the biggest thing here where he ends up saying, I have your daughter and I'm going to put her here because what would stop her from just destroying it? You know, yeah. hey, I'm going to tell everybody and destroy it, but that is the uh, so case. Sinister like, has her actual daughter, not a clever yeah. daughter. Yeah, it seems like it would be that daughter that we found out about. So that's more. This book has tied in a bit to that Fallen Angels book that everybody kind of ditched <laughs> at one point. But uh, yeah, so he says, I'm, I'm going to put the daughter here and if you do anything, I'm going to hit the self-destruct and she will die. So you're going to have that. And uh, But again, does he? Doesn't he? You know what I mean? Or Who knows what's sinister, yeah. but that's the chance of things, and that's been something that's been driving her uh, with that. She ends up destroying Miss Locke, the robot deal, and all that. It's it's good enough, I guess, but overall, I like the art. We kind of come out with at least we know, like, hey, Sinister has this, and if we see some weird stuff going on at some point, whatnot. Then we'll know, or maybe it's going to be this weird thing where Sinister thinks that he's being so bad to the bone as he is, and it ends up benefiting, you know, Krakow at one point. Like they have to rely on on him and his clone farms again for something yeah. or whatnot. And I don't think he would like that. <laughs> He'd be so angry, <laughs> you know. He likes to, and that's the the thing with me is I think he loves to do stuff like that and have it. You know, he always has to have something going on, something playing out, even when it was in the Fallen Angels book. Because that whole thing was with Sinister and Psylocke. They were leaving the island. That was, remember at the one point, you weren't even allowed to leave the island a lot of yes. times without yep. checking in. That kind of got pushed aside now. But he was the one who allowed it. And even they end up even duping Magneto at one point, stuff like that. He always loves that stuff. And him and, you know, Psylocke have a pretty crazy relationship 
throughout all of these. So I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, overall though, I, I'm like, I think I'm at a seven, maybe yep. a six, five even. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling more like six, five. I think I, I'll go six, the five art, as The well. art is great, but it, it, there's a lot of pages with nothing really new. Like the whole mastermind talking to Silex and go, I saw the great coat likes you. It's like, yeah, we kind of knew that, right? Like <laughs> we knew that. It's just not to really... throw it out there and it's Psylocke. <laughs> I mean, she's probably has, you know. Yeah, a lot I of people her, like her. Right? She probably knows anyway. Yeah, really. I like her. Uh, but yeah, I like like her. But it, when you have all the, like you said, at the end, you just kind of like, all right, we, we got to where we were going. But it really, there was no like moment. You're like, holy crap. Like we, we have had moments like that with Sinister. Like, you know, you have even messaged me at points when you have read and you're like, oh my God, where do you see what Sinister does? Oh my God, Sinister did this. And uh, this wasn't and one of those And he's a character, moments. right? He he usually is really obnoxious, but really dangerous. And he didn't seem like really anything here. Yeah, he just kind of seemed like he was going. Like, again, though, even with that, where they're they're talking, like, some of the deal with the Ocean's Eleven reveal and Mastermind. Yeah. And, like, why, why couldn't you have made Arcade pretend, you know, think in his mind that he was breaking my teeth. And, like, no, no, we had to do it real. You know that he's just laughing to make him do it. Yeah. But even at the end, they have Arcade. You know, Mastermind has his arcade in this trance deal and this, you know, he thinks that he's talking to his teddy bear as a kid. And then you get the joke, I could tell you what he did to that teddy bear. No, no. And, and just, and I don't know. It's just a little too much without n- enough substance uh, by the end. But I, I, I do still want to see the whole team and I still like this book and I'm looking yeah. forward to it. But again, we're heading, I don't know what the whole you know hellfire gala i don't i don't even know how long it lasts actually because i haven't really been paying that much of attention i figured when we get to it we'll get to it um but again i wonder what this type of book they they ended up zeb wells did a really cool thing during the ten of swords where we thought what what are they going to do with this did a really cool thing where they were like the suicide squad undercover deal which they are the suicide squad anyway like deal but they went in they were going to try to win it you know, in the bad way at one point. It was pretty cool, but I, I wonder what they're going to be involved with. We'll see. We will see, but uh, yeah, we're both 6'5", son. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Looks like yeah, it's about I, 13 or 14 issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's over a month? This looks mm-hmm. like June. Okay. Yeah, All of so, June, and then we're done with the okay. gala. That doesn't sound that crazy, then, so we'll, no. we'll deal with that. We'll get to see all the fashions. That's all that, that I get these emails yes. from Marvel all the time with different outfits and stuff, which I love a fashion show. But the, I, I didn't need to see every one of them. Yeah, the advertisements for this don't interest me. There's no. a certain type of X-Men fan, I think, that would be super yeah. into this. But well, we'll I would see. say, you know, I will reserve my judgment because mm-hmm. I was not impressed by the advertisements for... X of Swords either actually yeah. it was probably leading up to it saying this is like terrible, yeah, really boring. Yeah. And I between us, I ended up having more yeah, fun you with liked it. it more than me. I, I yeah. kind of looked at the advertising and said, yeah, I see what's going on. And, and, and some of the books were good. It's just like any other thing. Some of them were good, some were bad, whatnot. But yeah, uh, next say, week, but quickly spinning out of that, the one teaser that has got me interested is they basically showed a bunch of like a white ca- carpet walk kind of thing where they show mm-hmm. the logo for the book and then a character standing in front of it in a costume. Mm-hmm. And I've read into that to say like, oh, these characters are now joining the different teams. Yeah, well, so, so there could be a big mix up. And, and you have the big X-Men team book coming out 
uh, yep. this summer and, you know, a new team and stuff like that. So that'll be cool. Yeah, yep. all this will go with that. And uh, so next week, if we can get together, we will probably be talking Marauders, maybe X-Core and Way of X. I'll check out. I haven't read X-Core uh, yet. That came out last week and I have not read it. I don't know if you have. Uh, it's the new number one, and it's Teeny Howard. So I, I'm yeah, gonna I check feel like it out. I should, but people yeah, told I me it too. was it's bogus. I know, I and know. So... I just, it feels like it should be a big book, though. So yeah, we'll probably. It looks like Rogue is gonna be on Hellions. Okay, which That'd I'm be cool. which is good because I I one of my favorite characters. Maybe Gambit mm-hmm. can join too, but I do not yeah. want to read X Factor. What no X Caliber, yeah. right? Is that yeah, where she yeah, is? Yeah, X Caliber. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. get her onto this book. That's great, and then. Let's see. Anything else is interesting here? Well, like oh, a storm, storm on sword. That, I'm okay, down for so that too. Have that, so that'll be cool. But yeah, uh, Way of X comes out this week, so we'll talk about that next week. If we talked about that first one, and like I said, we'll go through Marauders, which is one of the books that would be, you know, leading the charge towards the Hellfire Gala, and then uh, X Corps. We'll we'll check it out and maybe talk about that. But that's that for this week. Thanks everybody. For listening, I hope that you're more positive than me. But again, I, I wasn't really down by the time we talk. I think it's just when I'm doing it myself, I'm all confused with things running around my head. I need you to guide me. So. This is one of your issues. You've explained this. You feel yeah. like the books are laughing at you yeah, if you don't totally like just like and, understand and what's going on. I don't with like them. to talk about something where people can be like, "Well, didn't you know that this, 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 and this happened?" I'm like, I thought I was jumping in here, like you know. Fresh start, yeah. but it's not quite. So this and is the judgment free zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know what zone you're in because I everything that you go on, <laughs> you put it out there. There ain't no judgment free zone anywhere. But yeah, you know, like except Twitter and Reddit, it's always nice in those two places. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for joining me, Ruben. And we will go off and, like I said, we'll try to be back next week with Marauders X Corps and Way of. X.